welcome. This is a Vascular Forum interview. Welcome to the Vascular Forum podcast. I'm Agla Cavalonita. Today in this Vascular Forum interview, we have the unique pleasure of talking with Rebecca Halgren, adjunct professor in chief physician at the Department of Molecular Medicine and Surgery at Karolinska Institute, Stockholm. Dr. Hulgren has published numerous studies on aneurysmal disease covering epidemiology, clinical presentation and management, and basic science. She has also performed significant research on the differences in presentation and outcomes of cardiovascular disease in men and women. And this is what we're going to focus on in today's podcast. Thank you for making the time to be with us today, Dr. Hulgren. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure being here today. We would like to start by asking, how did you start a career in research? Well, I actually started when I was young, maybe your age, when I started my residency. I started doing projects on lower lip ischemia and sex and gender differences. And when I finalized my PhD thesis in 2004, I swapped to AAA and sex and gender aspects. Although increasing number of publications concerning sex disparities in vascular surgery have been published in the last few years, this topic still remains underrepresented. When did you become aware of this problem and how did you first start being involved? Well, I think that actually when I did my lower limb ischemia project as a PhD student, it was very clear that it was very large lack of interest in sex and gender differences and the women were not reported and included. And when I swapped to AAA, I thought that I would find the same patterns. But actually, it is very interesting because in AAA, there are real sex differences in a way that we actually rarely find in other aspects of cardiovascular disease. The awareness came already during my PhD time, but I think that we are all getting more and more interested in this, aren't we? And seeing these sex and gender differences in in clinical care and, and in reports and scientific evaluations. We have seen that recent publications have highlighted that women have worse access to healthcare and receive best medical treatment significantly less often than men in the context of PAD. Is it similar for AAA? What do you think? I, I think that's a very hard question to answer, actually, because at least in the UK, as in Sweden, we do screening and thereby we find men with AAA easily. But since the general practitioners aren't aware that women can actually have Anders disease, I think that they are not targeted screening efforts performed in women to the same extent as in men. So maybe it's an awareness problem, but also I think that. There is a very interesting contradiction in women that they seek healthcare more than men, you know, in GPs and they're depressed and they're sad and have tummy ache. They don't tend to seek healthcare when they have severe diseases, maybe to the same extent. And then when you say that they don't follow, for example, secondary prevention programs, I think that there are many other aspects included there. Maybe health literacy is one of those factors. I think that women with aneurysms have a lower education rate and a lower income. And maybe this mirrors their their possibility to understand and participate. Complex question. Very interesting. In your recent paper titled Sex Differences in Rupture Risk and Mortality in Untreated Patients with Intact Abdominal Aortic Aneurysms, you found that women, elderly people, and patients with COPD or low income were at the greatest risk of rupture. What Mm. further studies are needed to deepen the knowledge of this issue? 
I think that we have to perform more stringent prospective trials. I think that we have to do growth and longitudinal studies on aneurysm patients and including enough women. I think when we calculate the power analysis to look at rupture rate under surveillance, for example, we have to do stratified analysis in order to catch what is the specific prerequisite in women as compared to men. And because the retrospective analysis are just not enough. And I also think that we have to be better in using the imaging facilities that we have, like NPR, CTs. Ultrasound is so dependent on the investigator, as you know. So I think that it's just not enough to use retrospective outpatient data. Still, most AAA studies include only or mostly men claiming difficulties in recruiting women due to low prevalence of AAA in women. Dr. Holgren, how can this be addressed? Well, I think that what we have to do and what is being done is multi-center studies. We have to merge our data. And also, I think that every trial today that is performing inclusion should already at the design set the lowest proportion women in the design of the study in order to be able to do a post hoc analysis on sex and gender differences. So if you randomly include from your outpatient clinic into a trial, there will always be more men than women, of course, but it's also a fact that women tend to participate less in trials, actually. So it's even harder. So you have to aim at doing that. And maybe you will have to merge with another center in order to get an enough proportion of women in your trial. Could it be that the threshold for diagnosing AAA in women should be smaller or the diameter itself is not an accurate measure? Well, you know, probably that this is one of my favorite topics. So watch out. I'm going to talk long about this. Absolutely. I think that we have to consider like the thoracic surgeon has done for 30, 40 years, we have to at least discuss and touch upon the body surface area and use the aortic size index. This is not yet an evidence-based ground, and we can't build our guidelines on ASI, of course not. But if we start including this in our studies, analysis, trials, I think that we will understand and improve our understanding of this concept, because it's obvious that we cannot use the same thresholds and measurements for women and men. And so far, we actually don't really have any good evidence on when we should treat women. So the 50 millimeters or 55, it's just a not so scientific guess, actually. If we hypothesize that the criteria could be different for AAA diagnosis in women, would it make sense to reassess the idea of screening women for AAA? Well, that's a good and important question. Actually, I think that we will probably not be able to answer that for the whole of Europe or the concept of the Western world. I think that the prevalence now is such a variation in Europe, actually, both between countries, but also between the sexes. But I'm quite sure that the prevalence in the population is much too low for women to be cost efficient in the present situation, at least in Sweden and probably in the whole of the Nordic countries, in Scandinavia at least. But what you should do is target screening, maybe women with a, with a hereditary pattern or a very strong smoking history, but yet not too old to be treated, of course, could be considered for some sort of targeted screening program. Yes, that could be efficient. There is an emerging amount of evidence showing that women have worse survival after AAA open or endovascular repair, intact or ruptured. Why do you think this is so? 
Well, this is also a very difficult question, and I agree, but I also disagree, because lots of reports say this, and we have a tendency in our scientific meetings to say that women have a worse outcome, la la la, but looking at the evidence, not so few studies actually after adjustment, looking in long-term survival, don't have such impressive differences between the sexes. So it depends a lot on the method of the design study. But I agree that probably women do have a poorer survival or outcome than men. But the troublesome thing here is maybe not that the women are worse than men, but the women are so much worse than the women in the population, which is even worse, actually, because women should have a better survival than men. They have that in the whole Western world. So there are so many aspects here, and I still find it very difficult, actually, to give a response there. But maybe one factor is that we undertreat women preoperatively with secondary prevention therapy. And I also think that we maybe tend to not realize that the different morphology in women will contribute to a bad outcomes. So women have poor allied vessels, they have more thrombosis postoperatively. And that's not because they're women, that's because they have small allies. So maybe we should start addressing more the concept of problems than sex. I'm regarding screening women for AAA. What studies do you think we need to change or confirm the current practice? Well, I think that one important factor that I'm really, really um, thinking a lot about is that what you touched on before, the, the problem of the proportion of women. There are so few women in all centers. It's looking at your outpatient clinic, you will have 10% women and not all of them will participate. And they're also older. So the first thing is that we have to do most trials in a multi-center fashion. And I think that we more and more should analyze women and men separately, because what we're interested in is actually why do men get sick earlier and why do women have a higher rupture risk? So the analysis should be in a stratified fashion, probably analyzing them as they were different animals rather than the same sort of concept of human. Because I think that women and men with aneurysm disease are very different. I mean, think about all these men having aneurysm development so early in life and to such an extent. And that's still not the concept we understand. Why is this such a male disease? So actually, we should maybe focus a little bit more on why men get aneurysm at such an early age and to such a great extent compared to women. Thank you. And talking about going more in depth, most basic translational research still involves mainly male cells or male animals. How detrimental is this in assessing this knowledge gap? Such a good question, but I think the response is quite easy here, actually. The aneurysmatic disease in the human and the infrarenal segment is very badly illustrated or tested in an animal lab. So I think that the animal models aren't really, it doesn't matter because animal models for aneurysm disease are really bad. And regarding other cells and aneurysm models, well, of course, we should strive towards having female material. But that's also interesting because we have a very large biobank. But which patient will not want to be included in the trial and give their aneurysm wall? Well, a woman, of course. So it's very interesting that women don't even want to participate in trials. So in one way, it may be problematic, but more in the clinical trial concept, I think, than in the basic translation. Thank you. And we'd also like to ask, what are you most looking forward to be published in this field covering sex disparities? I'm really waiting for good, well-designed trial on the threshold for repair in women. 
I think that we can't lean towards the RCTs that have been performed on men. And I think that we all in our clinical care want to be more sure of when we should treat women. And uh, several good scientists in Europe, uh, maybe US and myself and others are talking about uh, designing such a study. And I think that will be the future. But of course, I won't have any answers before four or five years. <laughs> and lastly, we would like to know, what projects are you working on right now? Well, so I'm, I'm trying to prepare data to understand better the very interesting balance that we have. Women have a higher rupture rate under surveillance, which I really believe that they do, but they maybe have a higher mortality postoperatively. So consequently, is it good or bad to treat them early or late? So we are trying now to, in a retrospective fashion, to analyze these factors. Also, I think that a very important key question is, why do women have such a high rupture risk compared to men under surveillance? And maybe sex hormones is one model to understand this, but maybe morphology and, and sheer stress in the wall is another way. So I think I'm going to continue in sort of the same track. No big revolutions. <laughs> that sounds very interesting. We will definitely look forward to that evidence. Thank you very much for your time today. And thank you for the effort and knowledge you are investing in this field. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much. It was fun meeting you too. Look out for the next Ask Farm podcast. They're all available open access in SoundCloud, Spotify, the ESVS eLibrary, and the EGVS Ask Forum webpage. More podcasts will be coming up soon, so keep tuned. Talk to you soon. Bye.